Greetings, folks, and welcome to Good News for the City, the radio broadcast ministry partnership between WAVA Radio and One Heart DC, right here on Life Changing Talk Radio, 105.1 FM, WAVA. My name is Dennis Williams, and I'm Director of Minister Relations for WAVA Radio, and I want to welcome you to today's broadcast. Well, folks, we've, uh, we've taken a few weeks to take a deep breath because of everything that's been going on around us and to us, and to We've also done that to highlight some of the great work on behalf of the gospel and the kingdom of God that's going on right here in the Metro DC area. And today on Good News for the City, we want to get right back into one of the most important topics and conversations of our time as we continue to talk about racial healing. But we're going to pivot a little bit, just a bit today, and Rather than speak of a problem identification, we're going to to pivot and move to a solution-based discussion. So let's talk about it. And of course, here to get us started, to get us going, is my good friend, my buddy, my co-host of Good News for the City, Pastor Brian Bale, Senior Pastor of Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, Virginia. Great to see you, my brother. God bless you all. God bless you, too. I'm glad to be here. Longtime listeners of our show know that talking about the issue of unity in the body of Christ, especially through the lens of the sin of racism, is not a new conversation we've been having over the last several years. It's something that we talk about often. And certainly over the last several weeks and several months, we've had several conversations already uh, with people like Dr. Manning uh, and Aaron, and even our own producer here, Claude Jennings, who's behind the scenes, always helping us hop on in an interview. And, and it really just helped us again to begin to process, number one, the sin of racism, and number two, God's heart for all people uh, to live and act in a way like they are made in the image of God and that Jesus died for everyone. And when Jesus said in John chapter, rather when John said in John chapter three, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, the world means the world. Uh, That means everybody. And he cares for everyone in the same deep, passionate way. Yeah, we realize and we understand that in the world of brokenness and sin, Uh, We don't always live that out. And we don't always live that out, not just in places where people who aren't believers, but even inside of people who claim to be believers in the church. We are broken and we're missing the mark in so many ways. And so I'm excited, as you said today, Dennis, to to make that pivot into some solution-based suggestions, some solution-based options. And we have two men joining us today that I believe, uh, as always, are going to give us much to think about uh, through the lens of living out the gospel, the good news that we talk about when it comes to this issue of racism. So I want to introduce them as I do just about every show that we have, have the opportunity to introduce our guest. Uh, first is Pastor Anthony E. Moore. Pastor Moore is the senior pastor of Carolina Missionary Baptist Church. He's served there since 1987 and has been proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ for over 30 years. He is a native of Baltimore, and his lovely wife, First Lady Cynthia, is a native of Dallas, Texas. Uh, They are proud parents of three children, and they have three beautiful grandchildren. Uh, Carolina Church is a Bible-based and purpose-driven ministry uh, that seeks to meet the needs of ordinary people in a holistic way. Pastor Moore believes that people have to be met at their level of need. Amen. As well as we have Reverend Dr. Kendrick E. Curry. Uh, He um, leads the Pennsylvania Avenue Baptist Church in Washington, D.C. as pastor uh, for over 16 years. Now, he earned a BS in chemical engineering from Prairie View A&M, an MS and PhD in chemical engineering from the University of Michigan. Uh, Reverend Curry, both Dennis and I are big Buckeye fans. We hope. Man, I didn't. I was going to say, I did not know that, man. Yeah. I didn't know he. 
I forgot. Uh, we're going to say that. that. Uh, we're gonna oh, say man. That. I'm, a Dallas, I'm a Dallas boy. Yeah, he's a Dallas boy. So he also earned a Master of Divinity for Virginia Union University and a Certificate in Preaching and Worship from Northern Theological Seminary. He has a passion to transform the challenged Southeast Washington community through the love of Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, and for that reason, he's partnered with MBI Health Services to deliver mental health day treatment programs at Pennsylvania Baptist. He also serves on various boards and uh, to help in that way. And furthermore, he's co-hosting an upcoming podcast series called Just a Cup of Coffee. I hope you'll look that up. Amen. So, gentlemen, what we're going to do today is uh, we're just going to start. And for those listeners who know that one of the things we often say is that we wish we had more time when we get into the end. Well, today we're going to have more time because today's discussion is going to be the first of a two-part discussion we have around solutions instead of just identifying issues with that. Because it's one thing to diagnose a problem. It's another thing to develop and create, well, how are we going to deal with that problem? Uh, diagnosis without this idea of a treatment or care doesn't do much. And so that's what we're going to kind of dive in in that way. And so we are a few weeks, maybe a month or more now, removed from the event that acted, so to speak, as a spark. There was plenty of dry wood, plenty of kindling fire already there, but spark protests in the streets. And uh, anyone who's been paying any attention know that I'm referring to the murder of George Floyd at the hands of the police. Now, what has been, and we'll start with you, uh, Pastor Moore, what has been, in your opinion, the carryover sentiment reaction maybe, and even the ongoing action that you've seen in your community uh, that you're serving, your particular church, and even in your sphere of influence in that way. Yeah. Let me thank you so very much for um, having me and my colleague on on today to discuss this matter. I think that um, those who are intricately involved would have to agree that the um, sentiment of those who have been impacted by the death of George Floyd, but also by the continual um, assault on people of color um, here of late yes. is still raising major concern. Mm. Um, the sentiments that you will find within our community is certainly that of concern. You will find the sentiment of anger. Um, you will find the sentiment of bewilderment in terms of not knowing what's next. And um, you certainly will see frustration that comes as a result of trauma. And so um, it is, it is um, certainly understood that that would be the case, given that we don't have any real solutions that are being um, propelled at this time to address or even an acknowledgement um, that um, we have a real issue at, on hand. So Reverend Curry, hearing Pastor Moore, is that the same experiences that you're seeing in your communities that you serve uh, your particular church in, in your sphere of influence, are, are there differences or maybe even more things that, that you, would, you would say, hey, th these are very clear things that we're seeing in people's sentiment reactions and ongoing actions to, uh, again, back in the news. And again, as, as Pastor Moore just said, it's not just George Floyd. There's been many things, even since George Floyd, uh, in that way. 
So let me first say thank you for having me and my colleague, Dr. Moore, on. And uh, I, I would uh, jump in by saying, you know, the sentiments have been very, very um, similar, I would say, to what Dr. Moore has already said. But one of the things I would add to what is going on is this whole sense of being violated and unheard, those two things. It, it's violated from the sense of, you know, the understanding that we're still not equal as black people in a society that says that all people are supposed to be created equal. Mm. Um, I'm really sensing that sentiment of one that has really had to contend and deal with the hurt and feel maligned and feeling left out. And the only voice that they've had is the ability to literally protest, give demonstration, and still speak of uh, a nation that has not been favorable to uh, black and brown uh, people. So I'm seeing that. And to echo the frustration, I think the frustration has moved to a format where literally we are finding people who um, are just fit to be tied. They're totally undone. And we're now asking the deeper question, how in, an, in, in this world, in a nation that's supposed to be under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all, do we see such a thing? How in this so-called Christian nation can we say God so loved the world, but this part of the world is not being loved? So all of these, there are many questions, not many answers. There's many emotions and, and not many, not much resolution. There's much trauma, um, post-traumatic stress that we're dealing with, and, and very little in terms of answer. Um, we, there are some things that we're trying to contend with, but I, I think we have a long, long way to go. Yeah. Gentlemen, uh, we live, and this is not new information to you or any of our listeners, I think, at the same time, uh, in a pretty fast news cycle, right? We jump from one thing to another to another. Uh, We have been uh, a country that for some amount of time have gotten people's attention through media by peddling uh, in outrage. And and the reality of it is sometimes what the media peddles in is, is fake outrage, Right. And so when we find a scenario like the one that we're in that is far from fake, that's very real, has every reason for outrage and every reason for concern to come out. How do you and how do we, in your opinion, keep this from being something that's just sort of this? We're going to talk about it in this news cycle uh, for a while. And and then if that news cycle, for some reason, or other happens to to go away, that we're not going to deal with these sort of issues unless they just sort of pop up. And I use that term very tongue in cheek in the media from time to time? How do we make sure, at least in your opinion, that it, it continues to be important to talk about this even when instances aren't in headlines? I'll go with you, uh, uh, Pastor Moore, first, maybe. Yeah. Um, I was going to defer to my colleague um, to let him um, start this conversation. Um, Personally, I do not believe that this is going to die. Mm. The the um, 
Fannie Lou Hammer said, we, we're, we're sick and tired of being sick and tired. Okay. Yes. Yes. And, and so I'm, I'm this generation that we are, that we're seeing marching and protesting is saying enough is enough. And I think it's not just people of color, but you are seeing persons all across the board who are saying, Hey, you know what? Um, we've had an opportunity to see this, you know, face to face. Um, this is interesting. This is different from Eric Garner, who, you know, in New York, who said, I can't breathe. What makes this so much different is um, we were all quarantined. And so we didn't have a choice for the most part, but to have our televisions on. Yes. And all of America got a chance to see what happened with George Floyd and has raised a certain level of um, attention and um, concern that even if the media downplayed this, there's a generation of protesters who are saying, we must keep this in the forefront and we'll do everything possible to make that happen. So I, I don't even the media decided not to. But let me just kind of play on this for just a moment. Um, given what happened to George Floyd, and if we look at the incidents and events that has happened after George Floyd, it is very clear that um, there is a pattern of systemic racism that has authorized law enforcement agencies to literally um, do away with the lives of people of color, especially African-American males. Mm -hmm. And so I, I don't see this, I don't see this dying. Um, even if, even, even if they try to, to not report it, it is my position and sentiments that this is going to be in the forefront of our minds, of our attention, of our media for some time to come. If you look at what has happened since George Floyd, mm. where you have, we've had modern day lynchings. I, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about where, 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 you know, somebody committed suicide. We're talking about African-American males all the way across this country who are being lynched and left there. Um, what happened in Atlanta with a man sleeping in a car who in fact is approached and is running away from cops and gets shot. I, I don't see this going away. Mm. And no, those are just my sentiments, but yeah. I, I don't see my, my colleague may have some yeah. other add to it, but I don't see it going anywhere anytime soon. It's definitely not going away. There's no way that this is going to sleep. Um, we've arrived at a point of critical mass, and it is indeed a tipping point. Um, people are frustrated. People are, are tired. And one of the things that's going to happen is this will continue. 
it it now it will the place where it continues is i think what really matters if we're dealing with lynchings in let's say california or you're dealing with issues with around brianna taylor or Maude aubrey or even going back to where my alma mater is in texas of uh, prairie view and sandra bland this will not end so these discussions have been going on it's just that the mainstream in their news cycle has been looking at. Now, what we will continue to do is to lift up these names and remain vigilant because at the end of the day, what we're really trying to deal with, yes, is systemic racism, but we're trying to look at over 400 years of systemic racism being baked into the American cake that has now been eaten and consumed by every single person in the United States. And we are dealing with something that now finds itself propelled to such an extent that we have to have a movement in order to bring about the systemic change. So will it end? No. The question is, what are we going to do with this particular situation of having the dialogue because real dialogue is not something most folk are really willing to have. And again, uh, that's, you know, we're going to talk about in our next section a little bit, this idea about the, the struggle that we have with dialogue. uh, And there's probably lots of reasons. And I think uh, I'm excited to some of the reasons that you guys are going to lend to the discussion of why you feel that's a struggle. Um, But I want to go back to you for a second, Reverend Curry, if I can, and um, I, I think we hear people, uh, maybe for the, for the first time in a very long time, we'll just use that term, really talking about this issue of racism in ways that haven't been talked at a large scale, always being talked about, but hasn't been talked at the large scale. It seems to be talked about right now. Um, where do you see now, instead of let's just talking about it, this ideas of solutions in fighting them? How do you, how do you see us moving forward as uh, not just a country, but a city, a metro area like Washington D.C., and then of course the Church of Jesus Christ. Yeah, I, and I, I'm glad I'm glad you raised the question. This this is a critical question of our time. Um, I've been working with a number of groups throughout uh, the DMV, uh, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia, and a number of emails and a number of sign-on letters and all sorts of things have come to pass. And one of the things that clergy have really emphasized is this notion of repentance. There needs to be some sort of not only lament, which I understand my friend Jim Wallace and others have really used and, and really brought forth in terms of dealing with America's original sin of racism, but repentance is one of the key issues that we need to really contend with. But I I don't mean repentance in terms of just turning another direction. I really mean change of heart and of mind, which we need to have an understanding that not only is there repentance, but there needs to be renunciation of what we've been have to deal with. And the other things are specifically dealing with a recognition that something more tangible needs to be done. There's a proposal and there's a a sign on peace, which literally pastors and others have agreed to that ask for the defunding of police in Washington, D.C. And they've asked for a certain percentage of the budget to be redistributed and reallocated. 
so that it just doesn't go to increasing more police, but it goes to really providing what's necessary in terms of the tools and other things so that we can repair what has been broken. I can oh, go ahead. Okay, I can continue on by saying what this really starts to look like is a call for reparations, reparations in indicating the understanding of repair, repairing the breach, bringing together what was broken and beginning to own it. It's not a Fortune 500 company saying I'm going to give X number of millions of dollars for a period of years. What it amounts to is literally engaging in an understanding of unearthing something where literally we give people what is necessary so that they can survive. Let me put it plainly. I'll I'll say it just like this. We are understanding that off the backs of black folk and brown folk, white society and American society has profited and has had a great advance in terms of privilege and has promoted a supremacist ideology. We need to recognize beyond a shadow of a doubt that that has to be renounced and to show forth what we're doing in terms of reparations, we need to unearth and repack some of the things that are needed in terms of spiritual repair financial remunerations, and then moving us forward so that we can understand that the ground is still level at the foot of the cross. Thank you for that, Reverend Curry. And thank you. And, and uh, Pastor Moore, I'm going to turn to you for about the last 60 seconds. But just one specific thing I wanted to thank you for is, is helping for those who are listening here understand, I think, some things of, from a place of definition. Reverend Curry, you wrote a doctoral dissertation. You know that one of the first things you have to do is you have to define your terms. And there's a lots of misunderstanding out there about certain terms. And you've mentioned several of them like defund and reparations, what they actually mean versus what is coming across. And some people think that they mean in that way. So thank you for that. Uh, Pastor Moore, uh, we're going to hop on this more in our next session together, but maybe in 60 seconds or so, tell me uh, some solutions you think you, uh, that we should be facing. Yeah, I, I agree with my colleague um, wholeheartedly as it relates to those things outlined. um, You know, I suggest in addition to those things that there is literally a evaluation, that there is relation, and then finally, you all, that there's participation. And um, and I'm quite sure we'll be able to get into these at a later time in in our pieces, but just to give a brief summary, um, we ought to conduct an evaluation of the situation within our country and somebody needs to own it. Um, as it relates to relations, I think that persons like yourselves need to uh, make a, a strong effort in making a genuine and deliberate effort to develop authentic relationships with persons of color. And then finally, um, and I can talk more about these, but then, you know, participation, that there needs to be some personal actions, like my colleague, um, Dr. Kerry stated, that you all need to be involved in, that people, uh, our white brothers and sisters need to be involved in, in fighting the injustices against people of color. Um, and we can talk more about this in our next segment, but, but those are my, my thoughts in addition to what Dr. Kerry has already put on the table for us. Gentlemen, and thank you for that. I can't wait to 
hop into our next session. And for those who are just listening today, if you want to know more about the churches, both Pastor Moore and Reverend Curry, uh, Pastor, for Pastor Moore, you can go to carolinachurch.org. Uh, for Reverend Curry, you can go to P-A-B-C, Pennsylvania Avenue Baptist Church, P-A-B-C-D-C.org. Dennis? Pastor Moore, I ask if your church was in Carolina because I'm in Charlotte. And so I was hoping that it was in Carolina. Of course, I knew it wasn't, but I, was, I can hope for that. Guys, you were amazing. I was enthralled, um, convicted in a lot of ways, and excited about that there are men, um, God-fearing good men like y'all, who are helping us through this. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Look forward to talking to you again soon. Folks, if you want to hear this again, and you should, Go to goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. You can also go to wava.com, put in the keyword good news, and look under our podcast page and listen to this again. As always, you can call me even though I am not in the office. I get my um, voicemails and emails constantly. So 703-807-2266. Thank you. God bless you. We'll see you all soon. Thank you for joining us today. We'll see you again next week. And remember, it's the gospel. That makes a way.